Welcome to the Unhooked Podcast, hosted by author, writer, and recovery advocate, Annie Highwater. This is a podcast of real conversations and true stories from those who have been affected by and overcome adversity. Each episode will tell real, raw, sometimes unbelievable stories, opening up the lives of a variety of guests, as well as your host. You will hear stories of despair, recovery, and triumph from people who have risen from or are making their way through wilderness experiences. The goal of the Unhooked podcast is to take a deep, productive look into topics related to addiction, alcoholism, grief, mental and emotional health, family dysfunction, codependency, conflict, and other types of affliction. The good, the bad, the dramatic, the real-life stuff that all of us face. You will hear wisdom and hope from people who are fighters, who fought to persevere through bewildering circumstances and difficult obstacles. You can contact Annie by emailing annieunhooked at gmail.com. And now, enjoy the show. Hey, thanks for listening to the Unhooked Podcast. Just wanted to throw a quick topic out in this episode. Um, I wanted to discuss going through a wilderness season, or I've heard it called other things, the until season. That's the time between now and when something needs to happen or work out or have a breakthrough or be healed or have resolution. I've also heard it called in the meantime, and it is a meantime. I've heard it called Saturn's return, or maybe just some people will call it all hell breaking loose on your life. Whatever it is that you call it, when you're going through it, it can just feel incredibly isolating and unending and painful. And I know I've certainly been through it more than once. I know most of us have if you've got an addicted or substance abuse struggling loved one particularly a son or daughter or partner or spouse it is something that can be in your face and weighing down your heart daily um i'd had a chart shown to me some years ago about different levels of stress versus toxic stress and some of them were things like losing a job losing a a, a partner or spouse to divorce or death a, a loss of death in the family a loss of child um a move, things like that that were just great change that kind of throw you off balance. And if you have more than one of them happen at a time, you can feel like you're losing your mind. Um, And it can feel like it's just going to go on forever and life will never again stabilize. And I know this has been a year of that for a lot of people with the situation, things that have gone on um, globally, things that have gone on in politics, things with COVID and uncertainties and lockdowns and there's so much conflict and division. It feels like somebody just turned our worlds upside down and shook them and then expected us to stabilize on our own. At least that's what it's felt like for me. And there's been different times in my life that I've gone through heart-wrenching, shocking loss and pain and trials and problems. And it seems like I always come back to some of the same values and methods of surviving it. So with that said, I just wanted to touch a little bit on that. One of the things that I believe occurs when we're in the wilderness is that there are vultures in the wilderness. Or um, if you look at it biblically, there's um, what's known as your Amalekite enemy. And if you ever study the Amalekites, those were the people that attacked you when you were wounded. They attacked those who were weak, injured, or sick. They would attack... um, the children of Israel as they were traveling through the wilderness and they would attack the ones who were maybe lagging behind. They are the type of people that will 
show up to kick you when you're down and take advantage of you. And unfortunately, I don't really like to look at people as good or bad. I like to look at them as healthy versus unhealthy. But there are people with evil intentions or at least sick and selfish intentions sometimes. And sometimes that seems to be prevalent when you're going through a vulnerable, weak season where you don't have your right mindset, you're not at 100% strength emotionally, physically, or whatever. It seems to be that there are always people that come alongside to pick at those sores. So it's really important to be your own advocate and to guard your heart and to guard your life and to guard your personal information and to take a lot of time for yourself, a lot of time to calm yourself down and to rest and take care of yourself. There are also people that will show up as false rescue. That sometimes happens in the wilderness um, or false nurturers that tend to have a motive, whatever that motive might be. If you've gone through a loss or maybe you're going through a divorce, somebody will always show up that looks like the answer to that problem. They're gonna stop the bleeding and the hemorrhaging and they're your hope and they sometimes turn out to be worse than the situation that you started out with to begin with. So those are things to look out for too. These are just things that show up. Not always, there are outliers, but I have just seen that that has happened. I know personally in my life and in the life of others, there have been vultures and predators in the wilderness. So what helps? Definitely mindset helps, remembering that there's an end. Safe support and encouragement helps. Faith, hope, and love help. All of these things help. And remembering that this too shall pass. But I went ahead and kind of created a survival kit because I've had to do this in my own life. I have to get really technical and sometimes metaphorical helps when I'm trying to navigate my way through or hurry out of a wilderness season. So I found 10 tips in a wilderness survivalist blog that I think apply greatly. So I will just go through those pretty quick. When you're going through a wilderness season, when you're in the time of until or the meantime, what's important to remember is that number one, communication is key. You have to be honest with yourself and those around you. That doesn't mean you have to blurt out everything going on and all of your thoughts and feelings to everyone you encounter. But it does mean being honest and only taking on what you can handle, only going out and doing what you can do. I know personally when I'm going through a time of heartache or intense stress, I can't socialize a whole lot. I'm just not comfortable there. I'm, I've got a situation weighing on me that I maybe haven't worked through mentally yet or found emotional peace with yet. It's hard for me to be out and about around a lot of noise and bright lights or people talking or people talking about surface stuff when I'm dealing with struggle in the deep areas. So communication, being honest about that is key. Number two in the survivalist kit is to keep your head on. Try to be calm and optimistic. That doesn't mean don't melt down when you need to. You absolutely need to. Those tears that come out are cleansing you of toxins and they're so healing. But try to keep an attitude that is optimistic because that can help you with how scared or defeated you feel and how you give up or don't. Um, so try not to panic. You want to feel but you don't want to act out in toxic ways with those feelings. So keep your head on. Try to hold your peace. Number three, take inventory. What do you still have? Maybe you've lost a partner or a spouse or a child has gone off into a risky season. This too shall pass. What do you still have? There are still good people in your life. I guarantee it somewhere to reach out to and cling to and trust. There is still faith 
hope and love. There's still opportunities for peace. Maybe you have a pet that is a kind support and a comfort daily for you. Maybe you are able to journal and emote those things. Maybe you have a job that you love or you can go out and get a book that you're interested in too and throw yourself through that. I know a girlfriend of mine, when she went through a terrible season, her husband had left the family and then right quickly after her dad and brother both died within the same year and she was really just felt like she was falling off the side of a mountain and never landed. She told me that one of the things that got her through those first first few months was not just faith and prayer and support, but she actually threw herself into reading the Hunger Games series. And you know, to each their own, whether you like that kind of thing or not, sometimes throwing yourself into um, a Netflix series or something that can kind of stop the bleeding for moments of time so that you can just calm down and distract for a while. That doesn't mean delude yourself about the reality of what you're going through or ignoring things that need to be done, but sometimes you just need to take a break and focus on something else. And that's helpful. What do you still have? You still have options and resources and things like that that you can turn to. Number four, build a shelter. That's important to do if you're heading into the wilderness. But if you are somebody going through a wilderness season, shelter is crucial. A safe place, safe support, whether it's, for me, a lot of times it was a library because it was a quiet place where I could just go kind of breathe and pull books off the shelf that I could relate to or that could pull me into a different world where I would find hope or joy again. calling a friend, calling a therapist, a family member, going to a church, building some sort of shelter that can foundationally kind of help you navigate through is so important and so, so helpful. Number five, hydrate. Of course, that's just a given if you're going through a wilderness, but that's really important if you're going through an emotional or mental wilderness or a relationship wilderness is to Take care of yourself. Don't forget to eat right and to drink lots of water, to not overindulge in things like junk food and alcohol or things like that, to not overindulge in escapism, but to come back into the now, jump on a treadmill, jump on an elliptical, go for a walk, go for a hike, Um, hydrate and eat right. Those things are five and six really important goals. Number seven is light a fire. Um, I kind of apply that to set new goals and visions for yourself. Write down five things you'd like to do in the next year or the next five years or you would like to see on the other side of this wilderness that you'd like to accomplish. Maybe it's going to toughen you up in an area that you've been emotionally fragile or lacking. Maybe you're going to run a 5k in the midst of it and it's going to be a goal that kind of sees you through. Maybe you're going to become better at communicating or better at communicating less and having more discretion. Light of fire, things to focus on that can kind of give you joy and pleasure and hope and forward thinking. Really, really important. Um, Number eight, have tools with you. Have tools handy at all times. These are some go-to tactics and skills or books, things like that. You can read one of my books, um, Unhooked or Unbroken. Those are both, I think, relatable when it comes to going through a wilderness and having hope, especially if it relates to family distress and dysfunction have methods, have things like DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy skills, um, stop skills that calm you down in those moments where you just feel like you're going to surge and hemorrhage to death with pain and fear and sorrow or with regret and worry. Have tools in place that you can walk your dog or I like grounding where you stand outside in the grass barefoot for a while. Hold an ice cube until it melts. Call a friend. Do something that pulls you out of the moment 
calms you down emotionally and chemically, and then sets you right back on the path. Having those tools and skills are life-saving. Um, number nine is help. Have an action plan for rescue. Know how to and when to call out for help. Call to a friend. Say, I'm struggling today. I need a word of encouragement. You can call a church or a pastor or an anonymous distress crisis line, a prayer line, um, reaching out to somebody that's been through what you've been through before, you would be surprised at how willing sometimes that people really are to reach their hand back and help you up and help you along and strengthen you. I, I, there's a quote that goes around pretty often on social media that says, one day when you overcome this crisis, your story can be the survival guide that somebody else reads to get them through. You never know who has been through what you've been through. And if you reach out and just say, hey, I'm struggling and I think you went through something similar, people are often willing to share their experience and their strength and hope with you. And if you can't find it in somebody around you locally, there's always online communities. There's the Addicts Parents United. There's alliesinrecovery.net online. There, there are allies in recovering from family dysfunction and stress. There's all kinds of 12-step groups, there's CODA groups, there's ACOA, which means adult children of alcoholics or dysfunctional families. There's all kinds of options. You can even reach out and email me. And if I can't be an encouragement to you, I can helpfully, hopefully, you know, direct you somewhere that is a good, strong source of stability and help. Know when to reach out for help. There's a crisis line you can text to and just say hello, and they'll respond back with counseling. I post that pretty often on my any high water recovery writer Facebook page. There are options. You don't have to go through it alone and you're better off if you don't. So sometimes you have to send those flares out and say, I need some rescue, I need some help. And number 10, navigation. What is your emotional compass set on? For me, foundationally, I had to turn to my faith, which was bigger than anyone or anything I could turn to or lean on or call out to for rescue because at some point, everyone's limited or busy or even maybe unaware that they're, they're at a, a limited point of helping you. They might say something casual or give you advice or be um, maybe annoyed or frustrated in a moment that has nothing to do with you and it's wounding. Everyone has their limits because actually our faith is the bigger umbrella of rescue, the bigger umbrella of navigation to get us through these wilderness seasons. For me, that's where I turn to. I, I had another guy tell me on a podcast that his higher power was the memory of a fishing trip he went on with his grandfather when he was little. He would go to a quiet place and sit and just relive that in his mind to calm himself down, to feel peace, to feel you know peaceful and loving again. He would go to that space of that good memory. So having a navigation system that is a GPS to guide you toward peace, that is really, really, really critical. So anyway, hope some of this is helpful. I know um, many of you that write to me or that I see on the pages are going through a wilderness season or struggling. Um, every day it's different. Don't go through it alone. There are things you can do. There are survival tips that you can do. There are people you can reach out to. And the most important thing to remember is you're not alone and this too shall pass. And with that said, until next time, I wish you well. You have been listening to the Unhooked Podcast. Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode by the guests belong solely to the guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the host or any affiliated organization or institution. 
Annie's books, Unhooked and Unbroken, can be found on Amazon, Cokesbury, BarnesandNoble.com, and wherever books are sold. You can find her work by searching Annie Highwater on Facebook. If you have enjoyed the Unhooked podcast, please share, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. We hope you'll keep coming back to listen to the Unhooked podcast. <laughs>